Without any further ado, would you give a warm, warm welcome to Reverend Justice Freeman? Put your hands together, would you? Let's go to the word of the Lord in prayer this morning before we get into the word. God, I just thank you, God, for this time together. Lord, I pray, God, that today, uh, Lord God, you'd use me, God, in these next few moments, Lord, as we, Lord, look into your word for guidance, God, on how to reach people, Lord God, and Lord, uh, what your word has to say, God, to become disciple makers, Father. Uh, Lord God, I'm just so thankful to be here today. Use me, Lord, in these next few moments. In your name we pray. Amen. Title of my message this morning is Reaching the Solomons. Reaching the Solomons. Just to give some context to our message, in First Chronicles chapter 17, when you go back in that chapter and read it, you're probably familiar with it. In reply to David's desire to build the Lord a temple, God told David that his son Solomon would be the one who would build it. And you go read there in the context, and you see that David desired to, this was upon his heart, he wanted to do this for the Lord, and God sends the prophet, says, no, David, this isn't for you. In fact, your son is going to be the one who builds it. So we're going to pick up in chapter 22, First Chronicles chapter 22 is going to be our text this morning, and we're going to dive right into this and start in verse 1. It says, Then David said, The house of the Lord God is to be here, and also the altar of burnt offering for Israel. So David gave orders to assemble the foreigners residing in Israel, and from among them he appointed stone cutters to prepare dressed stone for building the house of God. He provided a large amount of iron to make nails for the doors of the gateways and for the fittings, and more bronze than could be weighed. He also provided more cedar logs than could be counted, for the Sidonians and Tyrians had brought large numbers of them to David. David said, My son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence and fame and splendor in the sight of all the nations. Therefore, I'll make preparations for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death. Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, My son, I had it in my heart to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, but this word of the Lord came to me. You have shed much blood and have fought many wars. You are not to build a house for my name because you have, you have shed much blood in the earth in my sight. But you will have a son who will be a man of peace and rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side. His name will be Solomon. Now I'll grant Israel peace and quiet during his reign. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and he will be my son, and I will be his father. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, the Lord be with you, and may you have success and build the house of the Lord your God as he said you would. May the Lord give you discretion and understanding when he puts you in command over Israel, so that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will have success if you are careful to observe the decrees and laws that the Lord gave Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. I have taken great pains to provide for the temple of the Lord a hundred thousand talents of gold, a million talents of silver, quantities of bronze and iron, too great to be weighed, and wood and stone, and you may add to them. You have many workers, stonecutters, masons, and carpenters, as well as those skilled in every kind of work, in gold and silver, bronze and iron, craftsmen beyond number. Now begin the work, and the Lord be with you. Then David ordered all the leaders of Israel to help his son Solomon. He said to them, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not granted you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hands. The land is subject to the Lord and to his people. 
Now devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord your God. Begin to build the sanctuary of the Lord your God so that you may bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the sacred articles belonging to God into the temple that we built for the name of the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Have you ever told yourself, I want my life to matter? Have you ever told yourself something like that before? I'm naturally just a driven person Uh, just myself, and so that's something that I probably tell myself on a daily basis, that I want my life to matter. But the truth is, most of, most, if not all of us, want to leave a legacy for people to remember us by. We want to leave a legacy here on earth that people remember us by. We want to leave that reputation so that people would recognize that. David by many accounts, had lived a successful life for the Lord. We look at his life, you read about all the victories he had, about him defeating the Goliaths that he defeated, and we could look at David's life and say, you know what, David on earth, he lived pretty pretty successfully. I mean, he had a few mistakes that we read in the text, but overall, when we look at David's life as king and his victories, we say that man had a successful life. He lived a legacy, and he left it. But he was declined his desire to build a temple. Can you imagine that? You kind of have to feel bad for the guy a little bit. And if David was a driven guy, like we read in the text, and I would assume he would be, this is probably one of his major dreams, and evidently it was. But I can't imagine myself not being able to accomplish one of my dreams. And I'm sure that at one point or at the end of my life, there will be dreams that I did not accomplish that I wish I would have. But I can't imagine being in that spot there where David, he wants to do this for the Lord, and God says, no, David, that's not for you to do. David, I know this is one of your dreams, but this job isn't up to you here. It's up to the next generation. It's up to the next person in your line. See, even though David was not going to accomplish his dream of building the temple. What he did do was he humbled himself to operate according to God's will for his life. When we talk about reaching people and discipling, it really begins with this principle here. And that is, where are we in essence with God's will? Where are we in relationship to that? Are we in God's will? Because it starts there. See, God's will for David was to prepare the next generation for service to the Lord. Verse 8 of 1 Chronicles chapter 22 tells us that David was a rough man. He had fought many wars. What God had called him to do was very difficult in his reign. He had to win many wars and battles. But here we see that David's contentment of who God called him to be was evident. See, he was not selfish. He did not want glory or riches for himself here. He did not try to force things to happen outside of God's will for his life. No, he knew that God's will was right where he needed to be. And so what did he do? He was a mentor who gave Solomon the tools that was needed for the job. That's what this whole text here is about. Notice what he did here for Solomon. Rather than just sitting back and saying, you know what, Solomon, this is your bear now. You know what, Solomon, this is, uh, this is all up to you. You figure it out. 
My job is here is done. No, what's he do here in First Chronicles chapter 22? Rather than doing nothing or relegating his responsibility because he felt that his time was up, rather he got to work getting supplies ready to help Solomon succeed. He said, okay, God, I, this is not my job, but I know what you've called me to do. You've called me to prepare the next generation for success. And so what did he do? He looked at what he had. He looked at what God had given him. He looked at all of the experience he gained throughout his life, and he gathered that up and said, Solomon, here's what I have. Take it. Here, Solomon, this is going to help you succeed. Now, Solomon, later on, of course, we know would fall away from the Lord as we continue reading the Word of God, but we want to focus right here on what David did for him. See, the principle here is this. Is that no, no matter what age you are or what period of life you're in, if you're a believer, like David, you have a part to play in the kingdom of God. You have a part to play. God's given you resources at any stage. At any stage. No matter if you're a young believer or if you've been a believer for many years, God has given you resources to share with somebody in your life. God has given you something to give away. You do not have to be perfect, but you do have to be surrendered to the will of God for your life. I love to hear about the Royal Rangers today, about your heart for pouring into these young men, because I tell you what, this is the next generation. This is the next generation. And maybe some of you are here today and you say, well, my time is, is done, that time for ministry is over, but you all have something at every stage, to give someone in your life for the Lord. All of us have a part to play in the kingdom of God. That's what it really means to be in missions. Missions is right out there, outside those doors. It's right out in the marketplace. It's right out in your families. Being a missionary is one, and the, the biblical text means sent one. Apostolos in the Greek means sent one is the biblical idea of a missionary, but really we're all sent to be disciple makers for the kingdom of God. David knew what needed to happen in order for the next generation to be successful, and he lived his life accordingly. But see, David was not just this way, just arbitrarily, but he was a man full of faith. And because of his faithfulness to the Lord, he could testify of God's faithfulness to him. That's what he does here in this text. He said in verses 18 through 19 of 1 Chronicles 22, he says, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not granted you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hands, and the land is subject to the Lord and to his people. Now devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord your God. David understood that the best place to be was in God's will. Thus, he didn't step outside of that will for his life. He remained in it. And how come he remained in that? He remained in it because he had witnessed the miracles that God had done in his life. He had witnessed God help him and anoint him to defeat the giants in his life. I don't know if maybe some of you can identify with this, but I used to work 
uh, for an offshore electrical company when I was working in my undergrad at Bible college. And I was a youth pastor at the time. And, and I was working, I worked there for about six years. And uh, I remember I would, I would get trained up. I was getting mentored by the, some of the more experienced guys on the job. And uh, I would want to know uh, how to do certain things or how to, if I, was, if I faced some sort of difficulty on the job, I would ask sometimes uh, a guy, of course, for help. And I remember I asked one guy, and, and, and he would tell me this multiple times. He would say, oh, I ain't going to give you all my secrets. He said, that's job security. He said, you're going to have to figure that one out on your own. I don't know if you can identify with that. In the real world, though, it's, it's like that, right? Job security, you got to hang on. can't share all of your trade secrets. But see, in the kingdom of God, if you're a disciple maker, if you're somebody called to reach people, then your job is to give jobs away. Your job is, your job security is in giving all of your trade secrets away. All of those things that God has taught you. All of those things that God has changed in your life. All of the knowledge that God has given you about His Word. Our job is to show that to those He's called us to mentor. The next generation is going to do what God has called them to do with anointed people pouring into them. You and I, people that God has called the next generation is crying out for that. And there are some people in our lives who are waiting for a spiritual David to pour into them, just crying out. There may be somebody who is already saved but just doesn't know where to get to in order to get to the next stage in their life. They don't know what to do. And God is calling you to come alongside of them and say, I'm here. It's, I'll make myself available if you'll allow me. I'll share with you the things God has taught me as I've served Him, if you'll allow me. Here, why don't we spend time together in cell group studying the Word of God? There are people like that all around us, church. All around us. People that aren't saved. And of course, we're in the middle of the holidays here, and we spend a lot of time with family. And we know all of us have, I'm sure, family members that are not saved that God has called us to go and reach. And these are perfect prime opportunities to do that. Often in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul would refer to those whom God entrusted him as his children. In fact, one place where this is, sh is shown is found in 1 Corinthians 4.14, where he describes the church of Corinth as being his spiritual children. It's a biblical concept may not be physical children, but we're all called to have spiritual children in our lives. Purpose is only found in Christ and in doing Christ's will. And when we do Christ's will, we find that fulfillment. You may be wondering uh, here in the holidays or reflecting back on the year, what have I done for the Lord? I haven't done big types of outreaches and it may be that you're focusing so much on the big types of outreaches and God's calling us to focus on the ones or the twos. Those are right there in our lives that He's called us to speak life into, and speak His Word into. David found his purpose in advancing the kingdom of God. He had dreams. He had personal visions. 
He had personal aspirations. But ultimately, when it came to God's will, that was the most important in his life. When you, are make, when you make disciples, you are advancing the kingdom of God. When you pour into people and mentor people, you are advancing the kingdom of God. And the temptation is sometimes to just go about our daily lives. And I've been there. Go about our daily lives and just keep this to ourselves and not notice those who are crying out for the spiritual Davids to come alongside of them. But when we do surrender ourselves to the Lord's will and we see those and He shows us, it's just an amazing experience. Like Cedric, it's amazing what God does. Sometimes we try to, for, we try to force success in our lives, but success is in finding the people in our lives who need Jesus. And sometimes we don't think about someone's future and miss opportunities to sow the Word of God into that person. And the Word tells us in Romans ten seventeen that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It is no accident that David tells Solomon in 1 Chronicles twenty two twelve to obey the law of the Lord. What's he doing there? He's sowing the Word of God into Solomon's life. He knew what was needed to have success in his life, in Solomon's life. And so David was focused on advancing the kingdom of God for the next generation. Church, there's someone in your life. There's someone in your life who needs a mentor or who needs to be reached at a basketball park. Someone in your life, your job, family member, maybe somebody who's young in the faith, Royal Rangers that's calling out for mentorship coming alongside of them. A young man, and I'll have a photo of, of, up here of him in a minute, named Max, was another one of those people for me that the Lord really just worked on his life. Max was a young man in, our, in Metairie, and uh, I came into contact with Max through one of our other interns at our Bible college at the time, and uh, who was talking to Max. And he... Uh, he told me, hey, sit, you got to get a hold of this guy. This guy's got a call of God in his life. But Max was hooked on every type of drug you can imagine. I mean, Max was doing all of them. And uh, Max knew that God was trying to get a hold of him. Well, while I got in contact with Max, and I would call him, this was about six months, and I would get on the phone with Max and say, Max, just come, come, we're going to help you. And he said, I know, I know what God's trying to tell me. So just come. We'll help you. And, uh, well, while this was happening, a little bit before that, there's Max up there. A little bit before that, there was another lady, me and him, me and her did not know each other, named Miss Gale. Miss Gale wasn't a pastor. She wasn't a missionary. But she was just a lady in the church that just believed in reaching people. Max worked at a local grocery store named Rouse's. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but he worked at a local grocery store named Rouse's. And Miss Gale would just show up to uh, Max's store. Max was a, at the ca- uh, the, one of the cash registers, and she would give Max a gospel track. It just consistently would show up, and every time she would shop, give Max his gospel track and tell him, you need to read this. Come to church with me. 
come on, or come join me in church. And, and Max was just wondering, what is up with this, this lady? You know, it's like, he's just, okay. And so he would take all of these tracks. And so during this time of the span of six months, both Miss Gail is pouring into Max and trying to reach Max, and I'm calling Max. And eventually, Max gave his heart to Christ, went to church, gave his heart to Christ, surrendered everything. And he called me up. I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow God's will for my life. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming into Bible college. I'm going to come into Compassion Corps. I said, all right. So he got signed up, and he was still smoking cigarettes at the time. And literally, true story, he, the, the, the day he showed up on campus to move into our dorms, he smoked his last pack of cigarettes. And he told the Lord, he said, Lord, I know if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to go, go all in here. And that was it. He turned away from everything that was worldly at that point, turned away from smoking, doing drugs, all of that. Came to our program, and this was over three years. Over three years, God radically changed Max's life during that time. Filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God transformed him. Well, one of my wife and I's dreams, we were youth pastoring and directing uh, Compassion Corps at the same time, and we just didn't want to turn over the youth group just haphazardly and just leave it hanging. We, we always dreamed about training up and mentoring somebody to take it over so that it wouldn't miss a beat. And uh, God laid in my heart and said, man, Max, Max is the guy. And the Max had been in our program for two years, and God was just doing amazing things in his life. And so we went up to Max and talked to Max and said, hey, you know, is this something you, you feel like you'd be interested in doing or God's calling you to do? And, of course, uh, my dad and myself, we met with him and told him that we felt that this was God, but only if he felt it was God. And God confirmed it to Max. And two years ago, uh, after a year of training, we took him for a year and trained him as the assistant youth pastor. Two years ago, Max officially took over the youth ministry as the youth pastor. And uh, just praise the Lord. And he met and got married even to one of our other graduates, a girl who came down from Canada. And uh, so they're married and just doing amazing. God blessed him. Just a 180. That's what God did. But I want you to see something in this. Because Max also graduated with his Bachelor of Arts in Biblical Studies, something that was not expected for him to do several years before. Do you know who was at the Bible College graduation? Miss Gale showed up. Miss Gale was just somebody that God laid upon her heart to go reach Max. Just to show up at a grocery store. Here he is in full-time ministry. He's still there with his wife. They're there this morning. It doesn't matter where you're at doesn't matter if you're a pastor or not. You're called to make a difference in somebody's life for Jesus. And you might say, well, I don't have training. I don't have formal theological training. I don't know how to preach. That's okay. God just wants us to be available. Who knew that Miss Gale would be somebody that would reach the next youth pastor at All Nations Fellowship four years ago? Who knew that she would be sending, actually, a missionary into the mission field by what she did? 
just because she said, even though Max would turn her down and look at those tracks, I'm sure, and look at them and wonder what is going on. I don't know you, lady. She stayed faithful and saw God's growth of the seeds that she had planted. And that's what it is to be in the kingdom of God, right? First Corinthians chapter 3 says, some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. And that's something we take by faith, church. That's something that's amazing. It's a kingdom thing. We're not called to change people. That's God's job. We're called to share what He has given us, and that's His Word and the power of the Holy Spirit that He's given us, the experiences and the spiritual anointing that He's given us as believers. That's what He's called us to share, and He takes care of the rest because He's God, and He brings the increase. My question to you this morning is, there's someone in your life who needs a spiritual David. So there's somebody, family member, and maybe you don't know, but I encourage you to pray for that. Encourage you to ask the Lord to lay somebody on your heart. Is somebody at the job, maybe it's getting, there's some high school ministries I know all around these parts that maybe you can get involved in, the youth ministry, the Royal Rangers ministry, something. I'll never forget some of the ladies that came and partnered with us in our youth ministry. Mama Gladys, another lady who has just felt the call of God. She's in her late 70s. Ordained minister, actually. Ordained in the Church of God in Christ by Bishop C.H. Mason himself. If you're not familiar with that name, that was the founder the Church of God in Christ. One of the came out of Azusa Street. She has the card. It was pretty awesome. And uh, signed by Bishop C.H. Mason. She just came to us one Sunday and said, I feel called to the youth group. I feel called to serve in the youth ministry. And we said, all right, Mama Gladys. And my Mama Gladys is a woman of prayer. I mean, she's, on Sunday mornings, she's, God uses her to give prophetic words and so I said, Mama Gladys, I got the perfect spot for you. Would you show our young people how to pray? Would you take our young people on Friday, Fridays before youth at 6.30 p.m. and take them back there, and would you show them to pray for the service? And she said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And, and so sure enough, Cedric was one of those young people that would be a part of that prayer meeting that Mama Gladys invested in. And that's another thing, too, is that one person can have multiple people investing in them because all of us have something unique that the Lord has given to offer. And that's making disciples. That's reaching people. We all have someone we could reach or mentor. Would you stand with me this morning? With every head bowed, would you bow your head with me today and close your eyes this morning as we seek the Lord for these next few moments before I turn it over to Pastor. I just want you to maybe dwell in the Lord for a few moments here. Seek the Lord. Would you ask Him this morning? If there's somebody in your life 
who needs a spiritual David. Maybe you're here and you're, you've never, ever shared the gospel with somebody before. Maybe you're nervous about that type of thing. But I guarantee you, when you take that step of faith, the Lord will honor it. He'll do something amazing. Because there's more Maxes, there's more Cedrics out there, there's more here in this community. You may never know the investment you're making, not for a while. Maybe not till we get to heaven. But we do know one thing that God's the one who gives the increase. And there's fulfillment when we're right there sowing those seeds and watering those seeds, that that's where we try to find true purpose in life.